It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our hosts, Sri Rajkapalan, Peter V.S. Bond, and Brian Gildenberg, explore how brands and retailers engage consumers in an increasingly digitally driven world. And now, here are the CPG Guys. Hello and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast, where we explore the omni-channel digital journey of brands and retailers. I'm your co-host, PVSB, and when I'm not podcasting, I serve as the Partnership Acceleration Lead at Flywheel Digital. Today, I'm joined for today's episode by my newest partner of this Trio Media platform. He's an impresario in the world of omnichannel commerce. He's the founder and CEO of Confluencer Commerce. Please join me in welcoming my ride or die, Brian Geldenberg. Hey, Brian, how are you? How's New Jersey today? Uh, New Jersey's great, Peter. I just want to compliment you on your excellent shirt for those of you that can see the video. Like, I, I really think, I think your, your fashion sense is superior. I know. Right back at you. And you must be a happy man these days. Your, your Red Sox are on a tear. Like, yeah, three you know, are, are, are seething in envy. 
Right. Well, as a uh, as an analytics person, as we dive into the analytics part of the podcast, uh, the Red Sox are basically experienced what I call high variance mediocrity. So it's uh, there we go. Yeah. So uh, rather large delta around what is in essence an 81 and 81 team. So uh, how are the Dodgers doing? We have all your old players. So that's that's part of it. Uh, I'm sorry. I lost. I lost you there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move on from here. We have like 110 years of old Dodger on the Red Sox lineup. So <laughs> one thing I know you'd like to call it just like I would is we on behalf of the CPG guys, we want to give a big shout out to Shree's elder daughter, Rhea Raj. Oh God, yes. She was just named by Spotify as its Asia Pacific uh, History Month Artist of the Month. And she is featured on a giant digital billboard that's like 10 stories tall. Uh, right below the ball that drops at New Year's Eve in Times Square. Uh, I know that Shri took a red eye to New York a couple nights ago just so he could stand and see his daughter. I know it's a very proud moment for dad. It's a proud moment for us. We couldn't be happier for the Raj family. Yeah, I saw, I saw him yesterday, before, actually in New York, before he we went to go do that. And it was, uh, it was a, like, I get emotional talking about it. It was a really special moment. So it's very cool. I got to see Ray as well. She was thrilled. So uh, So that was great. Yeah. Before we get to our guest, I want to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com, where you can find links to our podcast on all the major and minor platforms. And if you're not already doing so, please, please, please go to LinkedIn, search for CPG Guys, and follow us because we publish new content each and every day of the week, seven days a week, including the weekends. And it's all uh, unique content that we think you will find very interesting, educational, and entertaining by all accounts. Please also uh, subscribe to the other podcasts in our collective, including the FMCG guys, which are over in Europe. I'm going to see them next week when I'm at Shop Talk over in Barcelona. Uh, CBG Scoop with Risa and Jennifer. And of course, we, I, Brian, I think we have a new addition to our portfolio, the CBG guys fast forward. What's that all about? Fast forward is ready to rock. Um, and I believe we will, uh, by, by the time this airs, the premiere episode of Fast Forward will have launched with my old friend and uh, head of uh, a bunch of different things for Westrock, Leon Nicholas. And we're going to be discussing sort of uh, innovations in the physical and digital packaging space. One of the things I'm trying to do in Fast Forward is to look at things that are really important to the space, but perhaps a tiny bit adjacent. So that's one of them. Brilliant. So. Well, looking forward to it. Already have it saved. Go to Apple Podcasts and look up CPG Guys Fast Forward and make sure to subscribe to it. And of course, uh, Brian, Shree, and I are all very proud to be sponsors of Next Up, formerly known as Network of Executive Women, whose mission it is to advance all women in business and to promote gender equality in the workplace. Um, Brian, didn't you just interview Lisa Baird, the new CEO? Yeah, that was a fantastic conversation. Wow, she's awesome. And um, that organization was already doing great things, and I can't imagine that Lisa's not going to significantly amplify the great things that they're doing. It was a terrific conversation. So if you haven't tuned into that one, please do um, on the CPG Guys Podcast Network. All right. Well, Brian, let's get to the main event, shall we? Let's do it. Why not? All right. So in 2022, Uber launched an advertising platform to help brands connect with over 125 million active Uber riders that are generating Brian, I'm still, my head is dizzy over this. Two billion trips per quarter across 30 countries. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That's, that's more trips than we have followers, right? <laughs> I think that is a lot more trips than we have followers. I would die for even a, a, an infinitesimal fraction of that number to be following us on LinkedIn. 
But uh, they also have Uber Eats, which offers an opportunity to reach consumers as they're making meal decisions in real time. It's become a pretty powerful platform to engage consumers with highly relevant advertising in what I would consider to be a very innovative marketing channel. Our guest today is the general manager of the advertising division of Uber. He has an extensive advertising experience with career stops at Amazon, Zaxxis, which is a division of WPP and Group M. In addition to being a, a uh, at some point in his career, a professor of business administration and marketing, he goes by doctor, which uh, as my father, who's a PhD, would tell me is the only real kind of doctor. The other one is not really. That's a bachelor's degree. This is a graduate degree. Uh, he's here to tell us all about the great capabilities that Uber is bringing to brand advertisers. Please join Brian and me in welcoming to the podcast, Dr. Mark Grather. Mark, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Good, good. Thanks so much for having me. We are so excited to talk to you. You know, we had on a couple months ago your colleague, Megan Ram, and she introduced us to the work that Uber Advertising is doing. So we can't wait to continue on the conversation. Before we get to the question Brian and I have prepared for us, why don't we hear in your words uh, a brief overview of what Uber's advertising platform is? Sure, let me explain to you a little bit more about Uber Advertising. So if you think about Uber Advertising, there's on the one hand the advertising opportunities that we have on the delivery side, namely Uber Eats. So imagine that you are a restaurant and you can participate in our sponsored listings program to get more um, eyeballs on the app, to get more menu views, to get more orders. And we also have the opportunity to share back with um, these restaurants um, ROAS and incremental ROAS. We have now more than 340,000 merchants already on the platform, 70% year-over-year growth, uh, and that business is really, really going well. And we are expanding now to give um, restaurant partners also the opportunity to go above and beyond uh, lower funnel tactics. So, for example, imagine if you want to create brand awareness for a new menu item or a new store location, we can now do so with more and more new ad formats, uh, and that's super, super exciting. In addition to that, we have also, and I'm sure we dive into that a little bit deeper in our conversation, we've also now launched um, advertising for CBG advertisers. As we're embarking into our grocery business, it gives us the opportunity to really enable CBG advertisers to engage with our user base, and then they can promote specific items on our platform. But all of that is just what we do on the delivery side. In addition to that, we have a second uh, huge advertising business on the mobility side. And here we have three main services. The first one is uh, the mobility app itself. So imagine that we know that you might be to a uh, I don't know, Yankees game, right, in an Uber, uh, and you typically... Not Brian and me. Brian and I would not be going to a Yankees game. That would be Shree, but please continue. <laughs> Actually, I was uh, at a Yankee game on, on uh, earlier this week, right? And it took me 20 minutes to get there. And so while you're in Uber, right, we know um, where you are, we are going to, we know what you have ordered on the Uber Eats platform, and we can use that then to personalize um, the advertisement in the right app. We also have now recently launched in-car tablets. 
which is, I think, a really great opportunity to really provide personalized content and personalized advertisement uh, in front of our riders. Again, when they're in the car, 20 minutes, and typically uh, really in, in a captivated situation. And last but not least, you may have seen it here in New York. We have car tops on top of cars. Um, we have it actually in seven cities. So we have really a broad variety of different kind of advertising opportunities across performance as well as kind of branding opportunities. And we try to bring all of that um, forward to CBG advertisers, but to also many, many advertising um, verticals that have started to participate in our advertising program. Wow. And I thought we'd heard a lot from Megan. I'm hearing a whole bunch of new news, so I can't wait to dig into this a little bit more. Uh, for our audience listening in, we'll include links to your LinkedIn profile, Uber's LinkedIn page, and your corporate site for advertising so that the 90 plus percent of people listening to this doing so primarily on their mobile devices, right? All they have to do is switch over to the episode, click on the about or the digital liner notes, and they can find hyperlinks all there. You don't have to write anything down. You don't have to know how to spell anyone's name or anything. Just click on the hyperlinks. It's all there really easy to get to. So thank you for that, Mark. I'll, I'll start us with our first formal question. Uh, and it's, it's about you. I'd like to learn a little bit more about your background, some of what you would consider to be pivotal roles or businesses you've been involved in that really help position you to be the leader of Uber advertising and, and the mission you're taking on. Yeah, sure. Happy to share a little more about my past. So I joined Uber about two years ago. And prior to that, I was at Amazon Advertising. So I really had the opportunity to learn from the best when it comes to retail media. Uh, and that really gave me a deep understanding on how to position, how to build a retail media business, um, how to not only run a sponsored listings program, but also how you connect branding and performance opportunities together in one single kind of um, unit. Prior to Amazon advertising, um, I spent about two years as the CEO of Seismic, advertising technology that really gave me deep, deep insights in how to build advertising technology at global scale, which I think is important as we're building out our retail business, but more important also as we are building out what I call our mobility media business, which is a very, very new area, um, as I just shared, and that's where a lot of technology actually needs to be invented. And prior to Seismic, I spent eight years at WPP. I was the co-founder of Zaxxas, the largest programmatic trading desk. Uh, and it really gave me, on the one hand, a really, really deep understanding of what agencies and advertisers really need. But also, it gave me the opportunity to really build a business from scratch and then roll it out to uh, more than 20 markets globally. So from that perspective, I, on the one hand, uh, had the opportunity to work on the client side, was building and scaling a business, global scale, was deep in, in technology. And at Amazon, I also learned a few things about retail media. And now I'm trying to bring all of that together uh, in one single role at Uber, which is super exciting. That's great. So let's take a little bit of a deep dive into that. You've mentioned a couple of times already, one of the distinctions I think you're drawing between what Uber brings to the table on a more traditional network is this mobility component. But how would you compare and contrast the uh, the Uber sort of retail media opportunity versus other media opportunities? And then what you know, obviously, from your background about other retail media opportunities, what, what's sort of the Uber difference, so to speak? Sure. Happy to share a little more about what we have all in common, right? But also what uh, we can do differently, right? Yeah. 
So if you think about what we all have in common is that we all have in common, we have a tremendous amount of first-party data from our customers, locked-in customers, um, which is really, really, really important. We also have in common that we have transaction data on our platform, right? We can measure whether or not someone is actually responding to an ad and whether someone is actually buying products on our app. And that's what we kind of all have in common. I think that's also why everyone is so excited about retail media. But we can do uh, much more than just that. The one thing that really kind of differentiates us is the scale we have. We have more than 130 million active uh, monthly users on our platform. Uh, we also have global scale. Our retail media business is in, in 31 markets. So it's very, very important, especially for big advertisers, that they have one single go-to um, location where they can really orchestrate a tremendous amount of advertising dollars at global scale with a unique set of audiences. Uh, but it's kind of the one piece. The other piece which really sets us apart is that we can really combine um, what we can do on mobility as well on the Uber Eats side. And mobility in itself is quite unique, right? So imagine that we know that someone is right now on the way to a retail store. And then you can advertise so that we can influence the behavior, not just online, but also offline. And now we can combine that kind of behavior of someone in a car in the offline world with what can happen on the online world. And so what we see quite often is that we are using or our avatars are using our mobility platform to create awareness for um, new products. And then they lead then to the purchase a decision on our Uber Eats app. And now they can bring together this kind of full loop awareness and um, lower funnel tactic in one single platform. We can therefore demonstrate much better how running campaigns perform and, and bringing this kind of online offline world together, bringing um, upper funnel, lower funnel together and doing all of that at global scale, I think is quite unique and quite um, differentiated. Yeah, it's amazing. People talk about the purchase journey all the time, but you literally have the purchase journey, the journey to the purchase, which is really cool. So, Yeah, I have to imagine that the time to conversion when someone's looking for uh, for food and you decide to advertise the opportunity to tack on some consumer packaged goods, some consumables, is substantially shorter than than what you're seeing for advertising non-consumables through the surfaces that are through a mobility experience. Am I somewhat accurate in saying that? You, 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 you're correct, right? So, for example, let's say you are on the Uber Eats app, right? And you want to basically buy, let's say, a burger for dinner, right? And then it's a great opportunity to attach a soda, right, to that burger or maybe a beer or a wine, right? Um, and then you get everything delivered to your doorstep uh, within 20 minutes, right? Even if you have, let's say, finished your order and you go to your fridge and you realize, oh, I'm running out of beer, you can quickly add on right, um, a beer to your order. But you cannot only add a beer to your order. What you can also do is you may say, hey, actually, hmm, what will I watch tonight when I'm having this delicious dinner? Maybe I should check out a new TV show, right, which might happen to be on a station that you've not subscribed to. Yeah, and so what we're seeing now also is a lot of companies, entertainment companies, use our platform to win new subscribers to our platform. Because again, it's all about this kind of what is the moment that you're in, right? And you're in this moment of hey, getting ready for dinner and what are you doing? You're eating, you're drinking, you entertain yourself. And that's a great opportunity to bring those things together. And, and that basically all happens then typically within a few minutes. But to your point, when it comes to mobility, indeed, sometimes... Uh, 
the life cycle might be longer, but the good news is that we have one data, right? And so we can even do longitudinal studies from a measurement perspective. Yeah, it seems to me what you're telling us is you can help brands engage with consumers all up and down the funnel. There's lower funnel conversion, there's upper funnel awareness. That's really powerful. So let's get back to these users. Can you give us a little bit more context about what the customer experience is for them? Like how relevant is the advertising? So particularly for CPG brands, because that's a lot of who our audience is. Uh, and how do you help them ensure that the relevant content is reaching the most appropriate consumers? And, you know, how can a user engage with the content when they're exposed to it? Yeah. So first of all, it's important to understand that we have a relatively young audience, right, at Uber. Uh, but not only is the audience young, it's also highly educated and has, uh, on average, also a very high income, which means it's really, really important for CBG advertisers to engage with that specific audience. And they should do so quite early on, right, to build a long-term relationship with our um, Uber audiences. Then specifically in terms of how do we personalize the ads to, to users, right? As I mentioned, we have a tremendous amount of first pi data across both mobility and delivery with one single data management platform. And we use that then to power basically our advertising targeting. And that's how we can then basically bring um, the right advertising in front of the consumer. And as I mentioned, and as we now can measure the response, we can measure conversion rates, we can measure purchase data, right? We can use that as a feedback loop to become smarter and smarter in the way how we personalize the ads. So a consumer, if he or she does like an ad, they can interact in, in multiple ways. The easiest one is you would click through it, right? And eventually you would order your meal right within the platform on the wait side, or you would then um, order your, I know, your soda, your beer, whatever it might be, your products on the grocery side, and then you will get them delivered at home. But you can also go above and beyond that. So what we're seeing right now, for example, on the mobility side is that what we've also trialed is you can put, for example, a QR code, right? On, on the Rider app. And then you go into a retail store, you can show the QR code, you may get $5 off for your next purchase, which means that we can now also close the loop between what we're doing in the car and what then happens in the brick and mortar store. We can also link to a landing page of the advertiser's choice, right? So we are extremely kind of open and flexible in, in the way what we can do here from an interaction perspective, from a creative perspective. Uh, and that's so, I think, really interesting for advertisers. Yeah, and uh, building on that a bit, you talked a lot about data, and obviously there's an enormous amount of underlying technology that you could explain and I wouldn't understand uh, that supports all that, which would be fun. But what are some of the most important differences about the way in which you use data and the, data and the technology that's serving that up and how people can partner with you in that? What's different about this ecosystem versus a more traditional media one? Um, I think on, on if you think about data and ad tech, right? Um, let's be honest here among this group. We are in the advertising industry, not just for six months or a year or two, even though retail media is a new concept, right? The advertising industry has been around for quite some time, which means that the advertising technology out there is quite robust. Now, when it comes to measurement, when it comes to targeting, to forecasting, all those kind of legal blocks, so to speak, they're already there and they are well-proofed now. Um, now, what we are trying to do is kind of assemble the legal blocks in a different way to really kind of surface the benefits of our platform. And as I mentioned, it's really about 
bringing the data from mobility and delivery together. Um, now, how we are exposing that to our advertisers? Some of our advertisers are using our self-service platform. They have their own hands-on keyboard, especially SMBs, and they want to uh, and can set up campaigns on our platform themselves. But we also have a, a, a large portion of our advertisers who come to us in a managed service capacity. And the reason for that is that mobility media and retail media and the combination of both is still relatively new. So are they happy to basically outsource it, so to speak, to us uh, as they're building out their experiences in this area? And we, with our experts, then provide the best kind of advertising experience across both mobility and delivery together for them in that kind of managed service capacity if they choose to go down the managed service path. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so many people think that the media continuum is going from managed service to programmatic. And here you are literally one of the people that helped build programmatic advertising that's now made a move back to managed services. It's just that it's an interesting reversal of what I think people assume the journey is. Yeah, but, but, but Brian, I think if you dive deeper, it's, it's always the case, which is whenever a new medium is created, you start with managed service because it's new and you only have a few experts who can really um, get the best out of the media. As the media becomes more mature, you move to a self-service model. And then a new media gets created. And again, we start with managed service and eventually we move to self-service, right? And that was the same with programmatic when the agencies did it. And eventually then we can outsource uh, to the brands themselves. It was with mobility before. It was with video the case. It was with, it's right now with retail media the case. And in the future, the same we will see with mobility media. So in a way, our industry moves in, in kind of cycles. Yeah. And as our medium is still early days, it's a mixture of some Self-service eventually will become more self-service and then a new medium comes up. And again, it will become a, a managed service medium first before, again, it goes into self-service. I can hijack this whole podcast and do a deep dive into what the future is of programmatic versus managed service in the retail media space. But to spare our audience my musings on the topic, I won't. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brian. Uh, I want to remind our audience that we are speaking today with Dr. Mark Grether. He's the general manager at Uber Advertising. Okay, Mark, so uh, we've talked in theory, you've talked about the platform you've created. We'd love to hear any notable campaigns or partnerships that Uber Advertising has launched in recent years. And ultimately, what are some of the outcomes you're starting to see? Yeah, um, so we have launched uh, hundreds of campaigns already across both mobility and, and delivery. What we typically, and I, let me share a little more in, on, on average, what we typically see, for example, on the eat side, right? We typically see uh, a return of advertising spend of about 10x and more, right? It's really, really super, super powerful. And it's also why we have a tremendous amount of kind of recurring customers and basically all the big kind of restaurant chains are on the platform. And as I mentioned, 300,000 smaller SMB restaurants are on our platform as well. What we're now seeing is more and more CBG advertisers, right, leaning into typically starting from beverages um, that they have started to kind of engage with us and they run their campaigns on our platform. On the mobility side, what we're seeing here is that, um, as I mentioned, on average, 20 minutes is a ride. We have a click-through rate of about um, 3%, which is really, really fantastic, right? And we have uh, campaigns across uh, CPG. We have entertainment, we have financials, we have telcos. So again, we have a really, really broad range of different advertisers. So it's not just that we are 
good for one vertical, right? Or for one use case, we are actually quite um, universal in the way of how we kind of bring our different products to life. Um, again, I can now give you a long list, right, of different different advertisers on our platform, whether it's now uh, the Pepsis of the world, the McDonald's of the world, the Life Nations of the world, whether it is an Amazon, a Walmart. There are uh, literally, again, hundreds of advertisers who have no story to lean in. And um, it, it's growing. We are, we are growing rapidly um, a quarter over a quarter. So it's really kind of a great opportunity for these advertisers. And again, I think we are... Again, just early days, right? We all learn together, as I mentioned. So um, the limit is endless uh, with the data that we have, with the touch point that we have to our advertisers. So it's really early days for us. Yeah, and um, and in terms of evaluating the campaigns, I mean, you mentioned ROAS and iROAS earlier, sort of uh, touchstones for you in terms of evaluating effectiveness. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how you think about iROAS, given the view you have of the world? I would imagine that you're, there's a chance your interpretation of incrementality might be different than other people's. I don't know. Or, or your ability to see it might be different. But how do you look at that? And then what are some of the other critical measures that you use to evaluate the effectiveness of a campaign? Yeah, uh, great question. So Uber is an A-B testing company, right? So we are testing everything before we launch. And that's really, really close to the DNA of, of Uber. And so whenever we run campaigns, right, at scale, we also do A-B testing, right? And it really gives us the opportunity based on holdout groups to see what would have happened, right, to users who are not exposed to the ads, right? And that gives us the opportunity to really compare and contrast and to do then uh, ROAS testing. And so a lot of what we're doing is to really show to advertisers what is really the kind of the incremental and the amount of orders that they do get if we run an advertising campaigns with them versus not. And then again, that's done typically based on A-B testing and then holdout groups. And that's how we can basically provide that kind of measure back to the advertisers. Um, obviously, we have impressions and clicks that we can measure, right? I mean, that's 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 a no-brainer. Um, what we now also have started to do, especially on the mobility side, is we are providing now brand lift studies to our advertisers to really show what kind of uh, awareness can we achieve um, on our platform. And again, keep in mind, our ads are exposed for two minutes to advertiser. The advertiser exclusivity on a trip, he owns a trip end-to-end, -end, right? And, and two minutes is more than maybe five seconds or maybe 10 seconds of a video ad that you might see on a social platform. And therefore, of course, you have a, a different kind of magnitude of impact when it comes to awareness generation of platform. And again, that is measured by, by third parties. We also, as we speak, integrating with other um, third-party measurement providers to measure viewability, verification, all of that, right? To really make sure that we have kind of everything that an advertiser these days is requiring from us um, as a premium publisher. And I've got to imagine that those are ultimately beneficial to you because if you can demonstrate that your campaigns deliver results, that's going to allow the brand to justify shifting more of their marketing budget away from things like traditional linear television, which are waning in terms of their influence, and move it into something that can actually be measured on a closed-loop basis, like Uber advertising. Correct, but it doesn't stop there, right? So the first thing you're right, which is that it enables us right, to make the case why you should shift advertising dollars into our platform. 
But as it becomes more attractive for advertisers to participate in our program, right, we have a wider selection for our Uber Eats uh, customers on our platform. With more selection, it becomes more uh, attractive for our eaters to join our platform and more importantly, to increase frequency on our platform. With higher frequency, it means that we have more data about our users, which means uh, we can even do better when it comes to providing advertising solutions to our advertisers. And so we have flywheel going, right? More advertisers means more selection, means uh, more eaters, means more data, means uh, better targeting, means better ROAS, means more advertisers on the platform. And so we can basically amplify and accelerate the flywheel of the growth of not just the ads business, but Uber as an entire business. So, Mark, my my last question for you before I pass over to Brian for the last question of our conversation is I want to understand a little bit more about how the sausage is made, because building and presenting a really great platform is terrific, but I'm sure you face a lot of challenges and, and, you know, exposing our audience, which are all industry practitioners, to how you would deal with those challenges is always really informative and educational. So we'd love to hear about some of the challenges you face or you're still facing and how do you address those to make your platform more robust? Again, it's a great question. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, right, I have had a pleasure to work at Group M and Zaxxas for eight years and I had to build basically programmatic from the scratch, right? And uh, one of the le- lessons learned from that is that you have to have a really clearly articulated North Star. And so we have a very clear North Star for where we want to be from an Uber advertising perspective, and some of which I laid out uh, in, in our podcast today. And then it's for me really to ensure that everyone is buying into this North Star and that we are always moving uh, to get one step closer to our North Star. And sometimes it means that you have to explain things again and again. I typically choke to say the first time I'm explaining something, people just don't listen. The second time they realize hmm, I'd rather listen, it is impacting myself and my business. And the third time they actually do listen, after the fourth time they understand it, and after the fifth time they can actually replicate it for themselves. Right? And so it's this kind of repetition. Sometimes it's boring, but you have to believe in your strategy uh, and you move always forward to get closer to the strategy. And then more over time, more and more people buy into it. And then it's not only one voice, it's five voices, it's 10 voices, it's 50, it's 100 voices, and then you get momentum and you get a force behind yourself and then you push things and you can eventually even move mountains if, if needed. But this is really important. You really believe in it and you can't change your strategy every six months or just before, because you read something new uh, from one of your competitors. You really need to believe and be grounded in your own strategy and in your own vision. Excellent. And uh, just for the listeners, Mark was not giving you permission to not listen to the podcast the first time and to have to repeat it in order to understand it. That's not what we're going for here. In our world, we only get one shot, Mark, unfortunately. So uh, we're going to make it count. So, look, I'm the fast forward guy. So um, the last question is always about sort of uh, where you kind of see the future going and um, what some of the big trends are. We have been talking for over 30 minutes now and blessedly have not mentioned ChatGPT once, which I'm thrilled about. But in terms of what some of the big trends and um, and innovations that you think are going to impact advertising over the next five years, I mean, I assume... AI and some componentry would be one of them, but, but, but what, do you, what are some of the big trends that you see and that you're excited about as you look at Uber's future as, a, as an advertising network and how you can leverage those? Yeah, I'm sure AI will impact all of us, right? And when it comes to advertising, one thing that I'm seeing happening quite quickly is that you will have a tremendous amount of mass customized 
a video ads that we will utilize to really become much smarter in the way how we actually target audiences. Because one of the weaknesses in our industry is that we have a tremendous amount of data. We can slice and dice your audience segments in a billion ways. Yeah. And yet we are showing them basically the same ads yeah. for the same creators. <laughs> I have a million different segments for whom I can show exactly the same content to, but I feel really good about my targeting capabilities. <laughs> That's exactly one of the key challenges that we still have, right, in programmatic and all the data. And so AI will help us, right, to kind of create uh, different versions of a video ad at a low cost and a massive scale. So that will help us. But but looking more forward and a bigger picture, right, what I am really excited about from an Uber perspective is the following. I mentioned briefly um, in core templates, and that is really for me the beginning of a the next big kind of wave in our industry. What I mean by that is that right now, we in the U.S. spend about eight hours a week in the car, mainly driving the cars ourselves. In the future, we may see an Uber, or it might even be a self-driving car. But it still uh, is eight hours, which means in the future, we will have eight hours time to consume content and to consume ads while we're in the car. And the car will become our next living room. Yeah, And with the tablets, we are basically started to build out our uh, initial step into becoming the screen in this next living room. And so I'm super, super excited about that opportunity. And, and again, and then you can connect that with what we can do on, on Uber Eats from a transaction perspective, all the data that we have about the users, about the locations and all of that. So I think that will become a, a big, big topic. So Again, today we talk all about retail media, the power of first by data. In the future, we will, in addition to retail media, also talk about mobility media in the car as the next living room. And I think we are kind of leading that area. And so I'm really, really excited about our work in that domain. I just want to figure out, Brian, how to get the lazy boy into my into my car so I can kick back and relax. That's That, to me, is innovation. <laughs> Elon Musk, eat your heart out. Peter's going with the Homer Simpson Tesla. I like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to remind our audience to visit cpgguys.com where you can find all of our content. If you think you or your company has some thought leadership to contribute to our big community to ongoing discussion, drop us an email at contacts at cpgguys.com and maybe you can join us for a future episode. And of course, while you're on our site, don't forget to use on the navigation bar, the rating and review section to tell us what you think and uh, maybe we can adjust our guests and our topics to align to what you're looking to learn more about. And of course, thank you to the 21,000 plus followers on LinkedIn, the industry professionals who find us to be both educational and entertaining. Uh, I would very much like to thank Dr. Mark Grether from Uber Advertising for appearing on the podcast. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to speak with Brian and me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Uh, wonderful. And before we sign off, I'm going to ask my esteemed colleague, uh, Brian Gildenberg. Brian, what really caught your attention in what Mark shared with us today? Well, pretty much the whole thing. So can I just say it all back? Um, no, it is a couple of big components. I really, I thought the, the distinction at the beginning for Uber around the distinction between delivery and mobility, I think is a really helpful one for the audience because in my own head, I was trying you kind of muddle those things up with Uber sometimes. So I like that there are two very clear distinctions in there. Um, I do think your journey from, you know, the programmatic side back over this part of the world is just a really intriguing one. And having, having been at WPP myself in the early Zaxxas era, um, I have, uh, I have fond memories of trying to understand what in the heck programmatic media was. Um, so thank you for confusing me for five years. The, the big piece I think that's fascinating about Uber is the global scale. There are very few 
media networks that are retail related that are genuinely global and the ability to sort of really access consumers in a wide range of markets. So I think that that's just fascinating to me. I love the way you talked about um, some of the componentry that you've got as Lego blocks. Like there's really cool ad tech everywhere. The trick is kind of how you snap them together um, and what you can make out of that, which I thought was really interesting. I still love the idea that you're you're basically for everybody that says that they're capturing the purchase journey, they're all lying in comparison to the actual journeys that you're capturing, which I thought was really cool. The other really big point that I think you hit in the current state was that idea of what I'll call longevity of exclusivity, where the way you serve up content ensures a fair amount of isolated focus time that's just really different than other platforms, which I thought was cool. And then I thought the the bit about the clear North Star, it was shocking to hear a German talking about the importance of clarity of direction and systematic approach to things. So that's a that's a surprise. But then, yeah, and I really do think that the mass customization of video is a future trend and an application of AI that's not as fun to think about as ChatGPT sometimes. But I really do think you're absolutely right that that's going to transform a lot of what we can do from an audience segmentation board. Not what we can do from an audience segmentation point of view, but how we can use what we can do from an audience segmentation point of view. But yeah, that was awesome. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Brian. That was very helpful. Uh, I've already used Uber twice today to get around New Haven, Connecticut. And as you know, I'm going to Shop Talk in Barcelona, and I'm excited to be able to use it. I'm going to be paying close attention to the uh, content that's going to be coming my way. So thanks again, Brian, for joining me and to our audience. I hope you had enjoyed this episode. We look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CBG Guys podcast. Goodbye. The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.